Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode of When I Grew Up. On today's episode, I have uh, a guest with me named Kevin Zhao, and Kevin is um, a friend of mine. Actually, I feel like I've known you a long time. Hey Kev, how are you? <laughs> hey, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, what I was saying was, I feel, Kevin, when did we even meet? Like High school. High school? Like, really? Not, I feel like it was like earlier. It was high school? Yeah, it was man. I'm not even gonna say how long ago that was. Yeah, that was a long, long time ago. <laughs> but it's been uh, a long time, and um, we kind of lost touch as we grew older. Just went our separate ways for a little bit. But I'm thankful that you're here with me today uh, to impart some wisdom in the area of uh, finance. Correct. Oh, for sure. Yes, yes, definitely. Yes. Um, Well, before we get into the fun stuff about your job, um, I'm curious, like, how have you been doing during this pandemic and stuff? Oh, it's it's been an interesting time period. I mean, from a standpoint of, you know, I guess in relation to work and, and personal life, you know, like before you'd go into work and then you'd kind of come back and you'd have your personal life. And now everything's kind of all in one. And it actually took me a while, like months, Mm. to kind of get used to working from home. Um, You know, everybody thinks that it's great, but (laughs) it's not always great. (laughs) Um, So so that was it. That was adapting to that and kind of um, adjusting to that was definitely an experience. And at this point, I mean, I, I guess I can say that, hey, you know, like I've gotten used to it. Um, and, and it's nice that like, I I work at a company that kind of supports, you know, and enables us to, to kind of do that. But at the same time, it's still, I mean, it still has its, um, struggles on a daily basis. Yeah, for sure. I mean, can I ask you, you mentioned like it was tough in the beginning. What was the hardest part for you? Like working from home? I mean, I think, uh, it, it was more personal, um, than, uh, than like work related, but just from a standpoint of, Hey, you know, like before when I go to work, like I'm in work mode and I'm really good at work. And when I'm come back from home, like to home, you know, I'm, I'm back at home kind of, uh, you know, Kevin and, and I'm pretty good at that. I don't know if I'm great at that, but when, when you mix those two together, I felt like I'm not good at being home or being at work. Oh, and so yeah. It was, just a, it was just kind of, a, once again, an adjustment. Yeah, no, I can, I feel like I can understand that. Like, just kind of having the right environment to do that kind of stuff and being at home is like, now what do I do? Do I relax or do I work? Or, right. or you're tempted to do, to relax and not work, I guess. But Right, um, right, for sure. So are you still working from home? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, we are. Um, I mean, our, our, our offices have opened and we've got like really good um, like janitorial policies and, and like COVID kind of safety policies. Um, but at the same time, it's not like a, a, we don't necessarily encourage people to kind of go in um, unless you have to. Okay. Um, so so most people are still probably like 90 percent, 95 percent of people are still working remotely. And then every once in a while, I'll go into the office um, for for either specific meetings and or like just to, to do something in particular. Yeah. Okay. So, well, now has it like now that you've kind of gone through the beginning phase of the pandemic, have things gotten better working from home? Yeah, I, I would say so. <laughs> I mean, 
it, it definitely, yeah. I mean, once once everybody gets used to it and just understands that this is how life goes, right? You know, like you just don't really have a choice. So you just you know work with it, and then you just keep pushing forward until it works. Oh man, Wait, is your wife working from home right now? No, she's not actually. So my wife is a teacher. Um, she teaches third grade. Bless um, her. Bless so her she uh, she actually has to go in and teach kids in person. Oh, um, but once again, I mean, they, they also have um, pretty decent kind of, you know, COVID safety policies um, mm-hmm. that have seemed to be working so far. So that's we'll see good. How that goes. Awesome. OK, well, let's jump right in. Um, like I mentioned before, Kevin is in finance, but uh, Kevin is the financial director at Georgia Pacific. And is that right? I should probably fact check before I interview people. (laughs) But um, so can you tell me what that even is? What does a financial director do? Um, So I've got responsibilities to kind of see oversee kind of core financial operations, um, such as like financial reporting, um, which is like, hey, how much did we make? You know, um, how much did we make or lose Um, capital investments? Like, hey, where do we spend our money? Um, where do we go and invest? Um, data analytics, like basically keeping track of, hey, you know, how are we doing? Like, what are the measures that we we should actually look at to judge, you know, business performance? Um, and then kind of more like long-term business planning and strategy. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that could include anything from, hey, under, doing market research to understand, you know, how our business is doing versus competition, where kind of the the market is is moving and, and how we should change our business strategies to kind of deal with that or best um, enable us to succeed in that area. And even from a standpoint of uh, like mergers and acquisitions, like, hey, let's go and, and buy this company because it provides us some kind of capability that we don't have or that, you know, we think would be valuable. Wow. So, um Georgia Pacific, I imagine it's a large company. What does Georgia Pacific do again? It is a large company. So um, I think most people recognize Georgia Pacific by our consumer products group, which makes like tissues, towels, napkins. So like Dixie plates, um, you know, angel soft tissues, um, brawny paper towels, um, you know, Vanity Fair, like napkins. Napkins? Really? Yeah, and then... (laughs) Yeah, and um, even when you go into like the the bathrooms at you know airports or commercial offices, all those right. like paper dispensers, like towels. Yeah, like dispensers. the air blower too. Sometimes, yep, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah, that's okay. a new. That's a it's new all one. All coming to got. me now. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, so I mean, there with such a large company, um, there is there a team of like a team of financial directors, or is it yes. just you? No, there there are plenty <laughs> of um, because uh, Georgia Pacific, uh, like once again, you know, most people are, are familiar with the um, kind of consumer product side, and and that side, I mean, once again, each brand is almost run as as a separate business. I see. Okay. Um, and and so and and beyond that, we also do um, we, we kind of break up into three main divisions. One is the consumer products one, which we just talked about. Um, one division focuses around um, building products. So like lumber, plywood, um, you know, uh, sheetrock, um, stuff that you'd basically use for building. Um, and then we have one division that I work in called packaging. And, and so we make uh, paper and then uh, turn that paper into packaging of some sorts. 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. So all of our products are wood focused. I see. Yeah. So, I mean, this is irrelevant, but the company name being Georgia Pacific, does that mean it was founded here in Georgia? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I was just curious, really. But um, anyways, don't look at me like that, Kev. I'm like having these high school day flashbacks of, Blair, what are you saying? People that can't see his face right now. It's this face I'm of... drinking water. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, okay. So um, let's get into the specifics a little bit about your job. So what is a day, like typical day for Kevin look like as a financial director? Um, honestly, it's basically just a long string of meetings. Um, uh, and nowadays, obviously it's, it's a lot more virtual than not. Um, but I mean, uh, m- the goal is really to, hey, you know, connect with kind of key individuals or teams, um, and kind of just review results, you know, strategize next steps and kind of align on decisions for kind of path forward on like a multitude of projects that we kind mm-hmm. of have going on all at the same time. Right. So, I mean, once again, with big company, um, individual group there's like key individuals and and groups that we kind of hire to to focus on one specific thing and then because you know there's obviously multiple things we need to do in order to kind of run a business like there's just a multitude of kind of groups to kind of connect with but um you know being being related to finance because that's kind of a a key component towards everything in business i've kind of got to basically um connect with all of them and make sure that people are kind of working in the right way right so so my role is really to hey help people think through decisions um that we're trying to align around and and make sure that hey they they actually make economic sense number one Mm. and then number two is like hey are there any alternatives that that we can kind of go um after in order to kind of achieve the same results that we're kind of driving towards and then or if hey is there any other kind of groups or resourcing or uh, capabilities that i could connect um, this group with that could help enable them to kind of succeed better or faster. Okay. So um, what I am thinking about right now is like, it just seems like a lot of responsibility, like to be in charge of all these people and all of these financial decisions. Um, do you feel a lot of like stress during in this job? <laughs> Um, I mean, I don't know if I would say that, hey, like I experienced some abnormal amount of stress. Sure. Um, but, you know, once again, I mean, it, it, it definitely is a, uh, a lot of things like information to mm-hmm. kind of retain and to juggle. And, and so, you know, and one of the things, though, is that, hey, like it's not just on me, right? So, I mean, it, it's still a team effort, you know, there's, there's other decision makers in, in kind of the process and, and we kind of all work off each other, kind of leverage each other's kind of expertise and, and challenge each other to, to kind of make the best decision. So it's not like I'm, I'm there, you know, basically judging everybody's kind of input and, and basically making a decision on my own. Um, but, okay. I, but I help con- kind of contribute like my expertise towards that. Okay. So um, I, there is a lot of like overgeneral description, which I love, but I think I still don't quite understand um, your role. Like, as like, like specifically, is there an example you can give me of like a, like 
I don't know, something that would happen that you would have to take over and kind of advise? Yes, sure. So, so for example, right, like, hey, you know, like our R&D team, research and design. So a bunch of scientists and engineers, they go off and they go, they have a budget every year to go and, and basically play games and find stuff and build stuff and make stuff. And sometimes it's really cool, right? But sometimes really cool projects don't necessarily end up making us any money. And so like, they'll bring me their ideas and, and, and I basically have to think to help support them and thinking through like, hey, how do we actually apply this new idea or this new product that they've made to our business? Does it actually help us reduce costs or does it help us to increase our revenue? Or, you know, is there some other synergy that this product creates? And can we, so if we do go and put money towards investing into it, can we actually make money off of it? Okay. That would probably be like a a very maybe easy to connect to example of what I would do. Yes, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so like, is there ever like a struggle? So in that specific example, I would imagine these R and D people are like, you know, if you if you don't find value in the product, like how do they handle? Are they just like, oh, okay? Do they let it go or are they like, hey, let's try to figure something out? <laughs> I mean, I, I think you you probably, you know, run the multitude on, on yeah. that, you know, like, I mean, obviously, if, if it's somebody's kind of pet project, they may get a little sensitive yeah. about it. But <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, it's it's not necessarily anything that they can, I, they get, they would have to go back and, you know, obviously go back to the drawing boards, maybe change something in order to uh, make it worthwhile, right? I mean, that's always a possibility. Or it just could be that, hey, you know, like honestly, at the end of the day, it's kind of it's not not something that we can we can kind of launch right now. So sure. maybe it's more of a timing thing and we just yeah. have to put it on the back burner. Yeah, man. So money, it's all about the money in the end. In the end, honestly. In the end, is- it really is. So this is a great career I feel like because there will always be money (laughs) and there will always be companies trying to save money for sure yeah okay so take me back to the start Kevin um before the podcast started today um, I mentioned that even though we went to high school together I feel like we never really talked about our futures um we were just doing other stuff and doing other silly things i don't even remember now but kids don't really think about their futures all that much (laughs) yeah Yeah, i guess but they should they should they should (laughs) but they don't but all that to say it seems like from what i understand you kind of knew like which direction you were gonna go in but how did you know this like at what point in your high school career were you like hey i think i want to do business and finance and stuff Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I think it all comes back to, you know, my parents are the stereotypical Asian parents where, like, you really have three choices, either a doctor, a lawyer, or a businessman. And so from that (laughs) standpoint, it's like, I can't do blood and gore. So doctor was ruled out very quickly. And then law just kind of seemed boring and a lot of reading. And I mean, I love reading, but not reading boring stuff. So that was probably not uh, some opportunity that I would really have liked to pursue. And then from a standpoint of, you know, like business and finance, um, I was always had kind of a knack for like math and like numbers. Sure. And so it just kind of fit well. 
Um, so that's, that's kind of how it all kind of came together for me, I guess. Okay. So, um, and I can attest to this. You were very good with numbers that, that I know. Um, but, uh, so you graduate your senior year from high school and where did you go to school for college? I ended up going to Emory. Um, and then, so, I mean, obviously knowing kind of that I was going to go into business, I quickly applied to Guizueta's business school. Um, so that's Emory's business school. Um, and then ended up double majoring in like finance and accounting. Um, and then, so, and, and Guizueta has like great like resourcing around like career fairs and like mm-hmm. job networking and stuff. And, and so from that standpoint, it was like, it was pretty like straight and direct shot in order to kind of get out of there. Um, but honestly getting, after getting out of there, that's when that was a whole different story, um, in terms of, you know, like real world is, is definitely not school world. So, yeah. So I want to get into that, but before I do, um, Emory in itself is a, what I feel is a very challenging school to get into academically. Um, but you know, you're at a great school. I'm curious, did things come naturally for you, even as you're taking these business and finance classes? Um, honestly, do you even remember? I mean, (laughs) it's been a while, so I kind of have to think back a little bit, but, um, you know, like college, I I wasn't exactly the greatest student in college. Really? Um, yeah, because I never went to class. Okay. But, but I was great at test taking. So, so I would always, again, not shocked. (laughs) (laughs) I would always make sure I showed up on the first day for the syllabus midterms and finals and then in between it just depended on how I felt for the day oh um, man but I'm just gonna say for the whole world to hear right now like super I'm super annoyed because like well because my husband David is like that too like you know like he I mean he's a good student he was a good student from what I remember but like even just like the test taking he kind of in, enjoyed it and it just it just kind of happened for him and I feel like what I remember about you in high school it was a little bit similar and when, from what you're saying right now super annoying <laughs> but it's awesome because you know I'm just jealous in the end can I t- just tell a quick personal story yeah for sure so you guys, like I was, I did not do well on the SAT. I took it several times, but I just remember Kevin took it the first time and I was so mad at him because you were like, you were not feeling well that day or something. You said, you said, you told me you were sick or something and you still made it out of there with a pretty high score. You probably don't even remember. No one asks SAT scores anymore. (laughs) But I guess I remember because I was like so like, what I don't even know the word. It's not jealous. It was just like annoying. (laughs) Guys, Kevin's just really smart. And that's all like I just envied him because things came so naturally for him. But anyways, that's besides the point. Anyways, you said that it just you just you didn't go to class. And I will acknowledge that I have been blessed. Yeah, um, thank you. But, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> but but I I would never uh suggest anybody follow my path in any way, um especially in schooling, but from from a standpoint of yes, like I mean, uh I personally probably wasn't the greatest student and and that's not an example that anybody should follow. Um, okay, but, do you regret it at all? Like I'm like do you feel like you would have gained more or no? 
if you had like gone to class and stuff? I mean, I I felt like uh, if I look back on it, you know, like I I don't necessarily feel like I I regret any decisions that I've made. Yeah. Um, you know, there's pros and cons to all of it. You know, uh, it one thing that I obviously like did develop was more social skills. So from that standpoint, you know, like th- that's probably more applicable to to um, you know the real world than than most people would. Uh, Agreed. Claim. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so I won't say that I regret anything um, from that standpoint, um, and I, I don't know, and I, I'm, how it would have changed the trajectory of life in any way. So I'm not even going to try. I guess <laughs> on that one. Yes, I agree. I was thinking about it today. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. Right. Right. But okay, so you you don't remember it being like challenging per se because you didn't really go to class, but you took the test and got got it done. And you you mentioned that you also double majored, um, so um, let's go back to the adulting part, right? You graduate college, and you said it was a whole different animal in itself. What was it like? Yeah, graduating from one of the top business schools and trying to find a job. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, like once again, I, I knew where I kind of wanted to be. I mean, when I was coming out of school. Um, you know, I, I kind of always aspired to kind of be on work on Wall Street, doing like investment banking or something, mm. retiring early and all that good stuff. But um, that wasn't meant to be. So um, I, I graduated in 2009. So that was like right in the midst of the financial crisis when there were essentially no banking jobs. Um, so coming out of school, you know, I, I, I interned at Merrill Lynch and and they were doing very poorly at that time and, and was just about to sell to Bank of America. Um, and, and the culture there was, was the environment was just pretty terrible. So I, I didn't have a very long tenure there. Um, and, and so I left that um, and, and kind of took a step back and, and tried to figure out, hey, you know, wh- what else could I end up doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I ended up actually going into uh, like, consulting, executive networking. I joined this small firm called World 50. Um, and and it, it was actually a great experience for me. Um, you know, like yeah, I moved out of kind of a banking and, and financial services role to, to more of like a corporate finance um, kind of consulting um, role. And so from that standpoint, you know, like I, I learned a lot because, you know, I, I was pretty much one of the only, um, you know, I guess finance background people in, in the firm at that point. Um, so I, I gained a lot of real, real world kind of experience on on making decisions that impact the business um, bottom line, and and especially for somebody like just out of school and and kind of so green um, and, and inexperienced, it was like a fantastic um, kind of starting point for me, um, so, just to kind of build my skill sets and kind of understanding. Okay, well, that's amazing, and what a great opportunity! But can I ask you? Um, what is consulting like financial consulting or just consulting in general for the company? Yeah, so it would be consulting as management consulting. So, like basically, kind of once again, uh, for for the fir- company, I basically kind of ran the financial operations um, as well as basically kind of uh, supporting uh, you know our management consulting like arm, which is basically hey, like advising other companies on. Hey, here's how you should do certain things in relation to uh, financial functions of some sort. 
Interesting. Okay.、Mm-hmm. So after your job there, is, is that when you. How long were you there for? I was there for about three years.、Um, and then at that point, it, it, was, it was one of those things where I kind of felt like a big fish in a small pond.、Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so like, I feel, felt like I, I needed to kind of go out and experience something else.、Um, and, and the Georgia Pacific job actually kind of fell on my lap.、Um, and, and I interviewed, talked with the team, and, and really enjoyed the people.、Um, mm-hmm. and, and so that's kind of what really sold me on it. Um, and, and so I ended up joining, and, and it's been almost, I think this year will be nine years with GP. Oh, wow.、Um, yeah, so it's, it's going to be a long time. So、um, I don't, I'm not going to assume that. Did you start there as financial director? No, I did not. So where, where did you start when you entered Georgia Pacific?、Um, I was、uh, more kind of doing like commercial analysis at that point. Which was essentially like, hey, helping out、um, with like pricing and, and、oh, understanding、wow. like kind of economic impacts on,、um, you know, some sales decisions that we, we, we were making, like um, uh, contracts with kind of our national accounts、um, and, and really understanding, hey, like the business negotiation side of things、um, in terms of, hey, does, does this make sense? Like, Can we, can we actually like make money off of something like a deal that we're kind of brokering?、Um, you know, like what are the contract terms that, that we should kind of go forward with and what can we, you know, give them versus what can we get out of it?、Mm. So, so, those kind of decisions were was kind of like my、uh, role at that point in time. Okay. So, you said you helped in pricing things like pricing products? Yes. So, no, like,、um, how, how does that work? <laughs> Are you allowed to tell me that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, pricing is really just hey, if, if, if a, a buyer is willing to pay a price and the seller is willing to sell at that <laughs> price, <laughs> then, then you got a deal.、Um, <laughs> that, that, I okay. mean, as, as simple as that sounds, that, that's really how it goes. Okay.、Um, it's, it, but from a standpoint of, of you know,、uh, Um, like a, an analyst role in that function, it, it really is kind of just more understanding, like, hey, you know, in, within the negotiation, if you have, you know, obviously like c- certain levers that you can negotiate with between the two parties on, on contract terms, whether it's like, hey, how long they have to pay or how many, you know,、mm-hmm. how many quali-、uh, quantities they're, they're willing to kind of sign up for and then what you can negotiate, all that. And there's economic impacts to all that. And so to understand that and to kind of evaluate those、uh, drivers are, are kind of、uh, the, the whole purpose of that role. Okay, so you mentioned like earlier on in our conversation that part of your job, you know, is looking at data and, you know, making decisions. So, this data, like, where does it come from? Like, just your own, the company's data? Yeah, so, I mean, information can, can really be from anywhere, right? But, but from a standpoint of,、uh, I guess, depending on, on what you're, you're trying to analyze,、um, you know, we're a manufacturing company, so a lot of our data is like operational. Like how fast machines run, like how long have they have been running, how many units they produce, you know, like、uh, stuff like that.、Uh, 
Um, but you know, there in in terms depending on your role, I mean, we've got information from everywhere from like HR, you know, personnel information, right? How much people pay or make, mm -hmm. um, you know, how many people we have, like who they are, um, to you know, like even from a standpoint of market information, like hey, you know, once again. Um, how, what are the financial results of other public companies that, you know, kind of are our competitors in the space and how they're doing versus how we're doing. Um, so, so once again, th there's a multitude of, of data points that we'll look at um, both internal and external. Um, and we, we try to basically take all that data and, and kind of synthesize it into insights that kind of lead to business decisions. I see. So, you know, since we're talking money here and that's your job, uh, I'm curious, like, you know, a lot of businesses have been affected by this pandemic. Like, have you guys been affected at all? Yes, for sure. So, I mean, thankfully, we are kind of considered um, essential products, right? Yeah. So, that's, I, so I guess part of me is like, oh, maybe they haven't been affected. <laughs> yeah. So, so from a standpoint of like, no, we haven't been like shut down um, due to the pandemic. But at the same time, you know, uh, COVID being as real as it is, I mean, it affects everybody, right? So, I mean, even from a staffing standpoint, it's like, hey, when when we have to have like really strict safety policies in place to protect our employees, right? Because if you get an outbreak and it like takes out an entire facility, well, you're forced to shut down anyway, because you can't like fill a whole, like uh, the staffing needs all in a day or something like that, right? Um, so, so from that standpoint, yes, I mean, it's, it's definitely been a struggle still, um, operationally just to kind of make sure that, Hey, everybody's safe and everybody is, um, you know, healthy. Um, but at the same time, we can basically continue working and continue manufacturing and producing products that, you know, basically the, the country needs, um, to, to kind of continue. So, um, it, it definitely has been been uh impactful um from a cost standpoint and it also has been impactful from even like a sales standpoint right i mean tissue paper was like in super high demand and, and so you know like obviously that was it was uh you know a good thing but on the other side of things it's like you know in, in terms of like packaging you know given that you know a lot of people are, are in tough times right now financially you know like demand for products isn't that wasn't necessarily as high as it, it was in a normal year and so, you know, like uh, revenues in, in other areas kind of fell, right? I so, I see, man. I mean, yeah, I just feel like, uh, as like, I guess my main thought was, you know, the fact that GP provides products that are essential. So I was thinking, oh, I wonder if, yeah, this affected you guys at all. So it's, that's why I asked. But yeah, for sure. Um, so do you like your job, Kev? Yes, I do. Um, yeah, what do you like about it? You know, I, I think this is, uh, it's meaningful, you know, mm -hmm. um, which which is one of the biggest things. Um, and, and from a standpoint of, uh, you know, knowing that I wanted to be in a space like finance or in business, um, being able to partake in kind of making like uh, truly kind of like business driving decisions um like that that's kind of cool um and, and that's always something that like you know i've strived for um and and so the work is fulfilling um and and once again you know it, it's nice that I'm, I'm blessed with some i've got talent that kind of helped me to to go and and do that successfully um so so 
from that standpoint, yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, I, I do like my job. Now, is it great all the time? No way. Um, you know, like, like you were saying before, like we, we touched on before, you know, th there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, I, I've got kind of responsibilities over. And sometimes those things aren't fun at all. Um, so it, it's definitely not like great all the time, but I, I don't know that any job really is great all the time. So. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I like what you said about it just being meaningful and impactful, especially in making decisions that are going to truly affect the people you're working for. Mm -hmm. And um, and yeah, I mean, sure, there are challenges in every workplace. Would you say that's your biggest obstacle, like just being responsible for so much or or not obstacle? I'm sorry, just like what's difficult for you or what you don't like about your job? Um, you know, I, I think probably the best and worst parts of the job are, are like management of, of people, you know, sure, like yeah. from, from a standpoint of, of, you know, I, I guess one of the, the clearest examples that come to mind is, you know, like recently, obviously with the pandemic, you know, uh, revenues, if revenues fall and costs go up, I mean, you got to figure out some way to keep the business kind of going. And, and so from that standpoint, we, we have had, you know, a reduction in headcount across kind of our business. And, mm -hmm. and so like actually having to to tell somebody that, hey, like we got to let you go. Mm -hmm. Like that's not, that's not ever something that, you know, like you want to do because I mean, it, at that point, like you're really affecting somebody's like livelihood. Um, so, so that, that part of the job is pretty tough. Um, and, and, and that's obviously not an everyday thing. Um, but from a standpoint of just even in, in more like, minor situations of just not necessarily being able to like live up to the expectations of that you know an employee of yours or like a, a direct report of yours kind of has um, for themselves and or like for the business um, I mean given that like hey honestly sometimes I, I don't necessarily have um, direct control over certain decisions and I just have to work within the guidelines that I'm given. Mm -hmm. And so like, for example, I mean, I guess an easy one to get to kind of talk around is, you know, like compensation adjustments um, during annual reviews, you know, and, and like people not understanding like why they didn't get a raise or why they didn't get as big of a raise, you know, as they thought that they would um, and, and stuff like that. And so, you know, it, it's, certain certain parts of that are just you know it's it's not an easy um part of the job and but you know it's also one of the things where you know like i, I love kind of you know supporting people and, and kind of building them up and and helping them kind of succeed in in their careers so you know it is that's also part of the best parts of my job yeah yeah i can't even imagine being in a position of leadership where I mean, it is kind of lonely, right? Like having to make these decisions or, and it's not really even your decision ultimately, but you managing that as well, man, more props to you, Kevin. That's amazing. Um, So I forgot to ask you though, you know, you said you started um, not as a financial director, but how did you work your way up? Like how did, just like, how did you get these promotions? Just, is it like a combination of things or? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, uh, in in the business uh, world, I mean, and, and it probably doesn't have to be just finance or anything like that, but I mean, performance ends up kind of basically determining, hey, you know, your your qualifications for promotions and or compensation, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so from that standpoint, um, you know, I, I've, I've always strived to basically 
uh, outperform um, whether it's competition and or even myself, right? And and to to really succeed in in whatever role that I've been given, um, and and uh, bring like step change there, right? So so from that standpoint, like I started out in a commercial role, um, kind of helping the sales team understand like economic uh, kind of uh, impacts for kind of decisions that they that they'll make as they go through kind of their negotiations and pricing and whatnot. Um, and then I kind of moved into um, a, a role that's kind of uh, similar um, in support of kind of a, a point of view development. So that that's more like market research. Um, so so kind of along that pricing line, right? So uh, understanding like, hey, you know, where do we actually succeed um, in, in the products that we make, right? And where do we actually generate the most like money or value? Um, and, and how do we actually put like resources towards basically building those kind of capabilities up. Um, and, and so to, to do that, you kind of need to understand, hey, you know, where, where the market's going or where the market is, where the market's going and, and how, what do we need to invest in in order to kind of succeed um, in, in kind of that path forward. Um, I did that for about a year or two um, and we kind of ended up designing like kind of this new kind of sales platform to, to kind of go get after that. Um, and so after I finished that, um, kind of basically it was a rather large project. It basically took me about a year and a half. I basically moved into um, a, a different role in terms of uh, actually, instead of supporting kind of salespeople, I ended up supporting the, the our, what's all, it's called the I2, it's our Innovation Institute, which is where all the R&D people are. So I basically hung out with scientists and engineers wow. for like days on end and as as I gave an example before of yes. like, hey, understanding what are the new toys that they're building, and then hey, does that actually make any sense for for our business? Yes. Um, and and so uh, uh, went from from doing that for about two years to um, kind of running the uh, the finance department. So um, went kind of uh, out of that role into um, more of like the operations side of things. Okay. Um, and and kind of connecting with kind of our operations teams and and really kind of uh, uh, planning and supporting there um, and and so given that I, I've just had so much kind of experience like throughout the the kind of key components of the business uh, they basically gave me like full reign over it at that point yeah I mean it sounds like you were blessed to have these like diff- different touch points where you could see the entire like different areas of the company and you are very familiar with it. So that's amazing. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, okay. So I feel like you're young to be in a role like this. Are you young? Am I wrong to say that? Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know about like the rest of kind of GP. I mean, GP is kind of a big company, right? It is, so, yeah. so we got like thousands of employees and hundreds of businesses really. So, um, but I would probably be one of the youngest directors. The younger people. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's really cool. That's amazing. You probably hate that I'm like making you look awesome right now, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that is Kevin, that's really awesome. I think that's really an accomplishment. And, um, yeah, I want to acknowledge that you are, you've always been such a hard worker and man, that's really cool. So, um, can I don't know if you know the answer to this, but you know, as somebody, what was the degree you actually graduated college with? 
Uh, I just had an undergrad in finance and accounting. Okay, so with that degree, um, like, are there what are the other options? Do you know? Like, are there other options to go into? Like, I mean, I guess obviously accounting, right? Like to be an accountant, but yeah. Um, I mean, so business is pretty broad. So it is super broad. From that standpoint, <laughs> you know, like um, to to let's just take for example, like an analyst role. Um, and, and whatever career path that could go into, um, you know, you could go in with finance, you can go in with accounting, you can go in with an economics degree. I mean, it, it's, it's not necessarily about kind of what degree you have, but mm -hmm. I mean, it, it probably more applicable in terms of, hey, like critical thinking skills um, and, and just kind of basic understanding because, you know, like we can always train on the job. I mean, we won't like... I won't train like everything. So I, I still expect some kind of fundamental, you know, kind of understanding on, on key kind of concepts. But from a standpoint of, of like when I recruit, I'm, I'm really looking for, for just like critical thinking skills, like good kind of communication skills um, and, and just like a, an interest and passion and in, in kind of like doing, succeeding, right? Um, yeah. And, and you know, that that's kind of, uh, at least for somebody straight out of school, you know, that that's kind of all, all I'm really looking for. Um, you know, obviously, it at the end of the day, also, it, it really is about your competition, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, a, a corporate finance role um, may not necessarily have, like, all that kind of strict of requirements, um, but, but certain roles probably would. Like if if you really wanted to get into like investment banking or certain kind of consulting um, kind of positions which are like prestigious and and then pay really well, um, th there's obviously pros and cons to that paying really well um, because you will work the hours for them. Um, but you know like those kind of uh, uh, starting off kind of places will probably you know like you're going to be up against the best of the best. So you know you probably do want to have maybe more certifications or, or more tailored kind of credentials in order to kind of go and apply and seek those kind of positions. Okay. Hmm. And thank you. I just wanted to know if there were other, what the other options were. Um, so you don't, you didn't go to grad school. No, I did not. And you, you, do you ever feel the need that you might one day or? Possibly. Um, but, but at this point, in my career, I mean, I may go for like, um, I don't know, maybe like an executive MBA to some degree, okay. but but it's not necessarily a requirement. I mean, okay. once again, and you know, like a lot of things you can basically kind of learn on the job. Yeah, I believe um, it. And and so like, hey, you can still kind of succeed there, and and a lot of skill sets don't necessarily need formal education for. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you know, once again, if, if you are aiming for, for certain roles, like, I mean, I guess just throwing it out there, like, if you want to be like a CFO or a CEO kind of thing of, of a large company, I mean, some companies may just because of how competitive that position is may require, like you have some kind of like MBA at from some Ivy league school in order to get I there. I see. Okay. Good to know. So if you get that executive MBA, I can expect Kevin Zhao, C CFO, CEO. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to leave it at that. Don't don't respond. <laughs> He's nodding his head, everybody. Yep. You can't see him. 
<laughs> Anyways, okay. Well, um, was there anything else you wanted to share with me about your job or or business in general? If not, that's okay. Um, I mean, nothing really that comes to mind. I mean, I think the only thing that I, I guess I would I would just kind of put out there for for your listeners or anybody that's kind of like young and interested in in I mean, um, in the business world or, or any kind of job really. I mean, career at that point. It's you know, like uh, try to find something that you know, like where your kind of your talents meet your passions, and, mm. and that so that you'll actually enjoy what you do, and and that you're actually set up to to do it well. Mm. Um, and and you know, like as long as you're good at at what you're doing, like the money will come. Um, so just try to go gain experiences and and kind of build, um, you know, your skill sets, and that's at least early on. Um, and and I'm sure that you know the doors will open for you. How would you build your skill sets early? Like- it, it really is just kind of getting um, more exposure to as many things as possible, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and not not kind of limiting yourself or pigeonholing yourself into one certain type of role or one certain type of industry or one certain type of um, job function, um, but but really getting out there, um, you know, uh, understanding or, or getting exposure and experience to a bunch of different things. Um, and, and the more that you have, uh, you know, the, the more kind of uh, uh, just broader sense of, of knowledge that you'll kind of uh, acquire. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a lot of those end up being transferable skills that, that you can take along to basically any other kind of position that you're looking for. Yeah. So like basically just being open-minded, like don't be close-minded to, to anything really to build those skill sets is what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that's really sound advice. Thank you so much, Kevin. I really appreciate your time today. Um, and just educating me on what you do because I truly found it fascinating, um, especially because it's a world that I'm not familiar with. So, um, if you, like okay, so what kind of like characteristics do you think would make a good financial director? Like you can talk about yourself, but like I mean, like you know, I guess like they like numbers. They they're good at math, or what other skills or characteristics, personalities do you think? I mean, I think in general, right? It's like you know, I think of math skills. Um, don't necessarily actually have to be top priority there. I guess you said critical thinkers, right? Right. Okay. So I, I would say like critical thinking skills um, and, and really like just problem solving? Skills. Is that what that? Yeah. I mean, okay. really being able to basically take um, information, boil it down into insights and tell a story with it. Um, and, and, you know, uh, being able to, to do that to be able to have good communication skills, to work okay. with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are probably the two main skill sets. I mean, math, honestly, at the end of the day, we've got programs and right, right, right. do everything for you. Right. Like, I don't have to multiply or add at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know, I mean, it's not like the old days where you sit down with pen and paper. Okay. <laughs> but, um... I mean, I guess now that you say that the communication skills, I would imagine, is extremely important, especially when you're talking to people about money, which is a very sensitive topic to a lot of for a lot of people. Right. For sure. And so in order to communicate things clearly in a way that like people understand and they can see like what you see. Right. As a critical thinker, it would be extremely for sure. important. For sure. Hmm. 
interesting. Okay, so you heard it here. Critical thinkers <laughs> and um, good communicators would make, um, yeah, good financial directors, I guess, right? Uh, or, or just in the, the world of business and finance. But anyways, thank you so much again, Kevin. I really appreciate you. Yeah, no, definitely. It was great. Um, so you guys, if you guys have any questions about this episode or have any questions for Kevin, I haven't even asked him, but I'm sure he'd be willing to chat. Right, Kev? No? Definitely. Yes. Send them my way. Okay, thank you. But yeah, please feel free to reach out, DM us, or you can email us at podcastwigu at gmail.com. Thanks again, guys. Until next time. Bye. <laughs>